Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everybody and welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Uh, with us, uh, myself, David Prentice, um, regulars Gavin Buckland, Tony Scott and uh, Chris Beasley uh, with an awful lot to discuss. I mean, uh, obviously there's a managerial situation, what happened uh, on Sunday at Leicester, what we think may happen on Thursday in Lyon. And I'm looking forward to what's going to be a very, very important game uh, for the football club against Watford on Sunday. Uh, but first things first, we'll talk about uh, the, the runners and riders that seem to be you know, populating uh, the internet at the moment. Uh, Sean Dyche, who's now favourite. I think Sam Allardyce was hot favourite about three hours previously. <laughs> Marco Silva's name is being mentioned. David Unsworth was favourite prior to the game on Sunday. Um, what we can say... You know, obviously we've checked these things out with the football club and uh, we're told that um, stories claiming that Everton are about to make a bid for Sean Dyche in the next 24 hours are, let's just politely say, completely wide of the mark. The phrase I was told was uh, slightly more forceful than that. Um, I think that the club are going to leave David Unsworth in place, certainly for the next two games, go into the international break and then maybe take stock You know, from that point onwards. So bearing that in mind... What do we all think about the names that are being all put forward? I mean, first of all, the contentious one, you know, Sam Allardyce. You know, he's a firefighter. He does, you know, save teams from the drop. Everton are in a relegation zone at the moment. Are things really that bad that, you know, we need to think about a, a manager like him? For me, I just think, it, is he what we want at this moment in time? Are Everton 10 games away from relegation? No, they've got another 30. Yeah. So I don't think we're in that desperate measures yet when it comes to... Yeah, we're in the relegation zone, yeah, it, it is what it is, but there's 30 matches. I, I agree with you. There's no need for it, we there's were, no need for that panic. We were in the relegation, actually looking back on the start that Everton had made, and uh, this one actually sh- shook me to the core when I saw how bad the start had been, but we're in the relegation zone in 2005, much deeper into the season than this, won one of the first 10 games, yeah. went out of the Champions League, got battered by Dynamo Bucharest, went out of the League Cup, mm-hmm. And we're in the relegation zone still, going in towards you know, December, December yeah. uh, and finished the season in 11th place. So, you know, it's still early doors yet. So, you know, OK, Gav, Allardyce, are you, you know, similar mindset um, to Tony? Or? I think it's quite a complicated question, this, yeah. isn't it, really? Because 
it depends what you what you want your manager to do, isn't it? Do you just want your manager to as a quick fix to to fix everything this season, uh, or do you want or do you want somebody who's going to fix everything this season and be good enough and have enough experience and with all about them to sort of challenge to get into the the top six and. Which played well as advocate, he has done with Bolton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we want to do a bit better than yeah, Bolton, do yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that sort of skill set, there's maybe two different skill sets. Or yeah. like, you know, you might you might want to have one manager to do one thing and another manager to do the other, you know? It depends they, on, sorry, Gav, it depends yeah. on who's making the decision then, doesn't it? Is if it's Moshiri, well, we're guessing it is. Yeah. As if he wants the long term. Or do you just go short term um, if, if Ken Knight wants that? There's an going. argument to say that's the opposite. Is that Mishiri want to protect his investments? So the best way to the, the only way to protect his investments at this current time is to keep Everton in the Premier League. So actually, you might you might somebody want to just to get you through this season. Then during that time, have a complete rethink about how you're going to do things at Everton from top down, and and then take it again from next season. So on that basis, if it's a short term thing, and you've got to look at Sam, haven't you? If you were if you were in Moshiri's shoes at the moment, yeah. Gab, what would you do? Who would you would you go for a short term fix and then revisit it at the end of yeah, the season? Yeah, yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that's I'd think. Go on, and just before you start, Chris, just want to say yeah. that you know there's been stories written this weekend suggesting that Farhad Moshiri and Bill Kenrith are at odds mm-hmm. regarding the direction the club's going, mm-hmm. and they're not. You know that's not what we're hearing. Uh, they were both in agreement over the decision to part company with Ronald Koeman. And there's not a situation whereby one wants David Unsworth, one wants a more ambitious yeah, yeah. manager. You know, they're both, you know, singing from the same hymn sheet. So, you know, we'll get we'll clear that yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Chris, Sam Allardyce and your yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I don't think he's for Everton. I don't like I think he, over the years he's been betrayed in a certain way and quite unfairly really. He's an effective Premier League manager, but I don't think he's he's for Everton at this point. As Tony says, we're still relatively early into the season. As Dave says, they've been in deeper problems than this under Moyes. Okay, Moyes had uh, credit in the bank for what he'd, he'd done before then. But I think it's too soon to to be panicking in that respect. This It's a very lopsided team. They don't seem to have any identity. But still, with the individuals in there, I think they should be a long way off relegation danger and probably one of the top half teams in the Premier League. Right, well, the other name that is now, you know, seems to be flavour of the month is uh, Sean Dyche. And funny, before we started, Scotty was talking about... Uh, Last night's football, Monday Night Football, Carragher and Gary Neville making the point that, you know, Eddie Howe was flavour of the month this time last season. And Oliver Kay did a decent piece in the Times uh, the weekend saying exactly the same thing. Why have people suddenly forgotten about Eddie Howe? And it's because you know, they've started the season badly. Yeah. Uh, Sean Dyche has started the season well. All right, lots of 1-0 wins if you mm. want to watch 1-0 wins. Fine. But, you know, he's a decent, effective yeah. manager. But does that suddenly make him the favourite for the Everton job? Should it make him the favourite for the Everton job? I'm I'm a little bit unsure about that. I'd like to think the club are going to be a bit more ambitious than that. But guys, do you think the same? Um, if you're looking at Sean's eyes, what he's done. But do you know what? Interesting. He was speaking to a lad at work, and he made a, a relatively good point. He said, if you look at social media at the moment, Facebook and Twitter, everyone's got the, their opinions on oh, Dice, Allardyce. It should be any mm. nowhere near the Everton job. But if I was to ask you after Walter Smith was sacked. Everton were then to approach a championship manager to yeah, keep us up yeah. and then keep us in this division and punch above our weight for the next 10 years. Now that's like Everton at the moment yeah. appointing someone like Gary Rowett, yeah. isn't it? And you look at the job Moyes done at Everton, yeah. now you look at what Everton are looking for now. I just feel as if out of the names out there, you've got Tuchel and everyone else, 
you're looking for one that try and ticks every box that you want. Someone who's going to come in and do a bit of a quick fix. Somebody who plays tackling football. Premier League proven. Maybe silver at Watford fits that bill more than Dice and Alazice. That's what I. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm not sure whether he's good enough at the moment, but if you're looking at what Everton are looking for, long term, short term, play decent football. I think he may be the one. And and, and I like him, and I, and I think you know he's got a bit of a better track, better track record and experience. Terms he's managed in more recent Portugal, hasn't yeah. he? But this is what I was I was thinking about that. This is why the appointments up until the end of the season makes the sense to me. So if you wanted to look at Silva. You've got then to the end of the season, haven't you? He's not going to leave Watford for but, 10 months' work. I, I I no, no, but, but, but leave what? Not At the end of the season, Silver's done a good job with Watford. Yeah. At the end of this season, so we've then had like a season and a half in the Premier League. But then does he cast his eye over Everton? If he does well, well with well, Watford, he won't be signing for Everton. Why not? Because he'd be big at the clubs after the, the big worry about a short-term appointment by short-term till the end of the season is that clearly January there needs to be significant spending on that squad. Yeah. You know, at least two strikers, uh, maybe a defender. You know, a lot of money needs to be spent to preserve Everton's Premier League position. Do you put a short-term manager in, allow him to spend an awful lot of money and then say, all right, see you in May? That's my argument when Ronald Koeman was sacked. No, I, me, in my opinion, I think he deserved a little bit more time than what he did, and I get everyone's arguments yeah. for and against. I get all that. But my opinion now is evident in a cycle now where they're going to be classed as a Leicester and a Crystal Palace and Saka managers, and I don't like that because what it does now, it gives everyone the right to criticise Everton and looking at the way that, see, for argument's sake, Everton was to get dice in. Give him money to spend in January. Give him money to spend in the summer. And if it doesn't go to plan after nine games next season, sack him. Because that's exactly what he's done to Ronald Koeman. And that's my argument. I don't want to see Everton perceived as a club like this, giving managers two transfer windows and sacking them after a bad no, start. I, I take that point, but equally, I don't think it was the fact that Everton lost those games. It was the manner in which they lost those games and the fact that there didn't appear to be an identifiable shape Pattern, formation, plan, if but you like. But it was last season. It was... it was only this season when you're given nine players. Not, you give nine players to any new manager. It's obviously... Yeah, but he chose time. those players. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, obviously, it's not just him picking them, is he? It, it tells you that there's a director of football there or chief scout, so to speak. It's not just him picking but, them. But we're going off He's tough to can. Yeah, but that's a separate issue, isn't yeah. it? The issue is about the manager, isn't it? And, like, picking one of Preno's points there about buying players is the players that you want... If you're in a relegation battle... Players that you buy in January are not necessarily the players that you want to want to get you into the top six, are they? And and maybe mm. those players who you want to get in the top six might not want to join you because you're in the red relegation battle. So it's like a sort of chicken and egg thing, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And so it's 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 the whole thing, isn't it, where we are at the moment. And, and to me, it just smacks off a quick fix. Getting somebody in, maybe not even giving them that much money to spend, because as Chris says, there's still some decent players in, 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 in the thing. But do we need a quick fix decision. when there's ninety points available well, to play for? Well, but, well, yeah, I think we do. I mean, because I, I, I looked at us on, and I'm going to contradict myself on it slightly, but, you know, if carry on playing the way we did on Sunday, you know, who's, who's going to guarantee at the moment that we're going to have this big, like, upset in four? I, mean, I get that. Yeah, but you know, it's just, it's just, it's a bit like saying at the start of the season when we saying, "Oh, yeah, we'll get the defence through till January and then sort of take yeah. it from there." Actually, about halfway, two months into the season, we realised that that's not the case. Well, this is my argument. By sacking Cumin, he's going to have to see the next manager, whether it's yeah. Dice Silver or whoever, is going to have exactly the same problem as Unsworth's got, and as Cumin had, no centre forwards on the pitch. 
Yeah, no, you can make can't it. Do anything about that, exactly, can exactly. So we're stuck until January. So, we're going to have to try and accumulate as many draws or scrape as many one nil wins as possible until January until okay. you get a sense okay, of Okay, so Chris, does mm-hmm. that say keep Unsworth then? I think Unsworth would be judged on his, his results in the caretaker position. He came across really impressive on Friday. Yeah. He was down at the Finch Farm for the press conference, and he really impressed me. And I thought he's, he's a really good one to give give a chance. And I think there's a lot of goodwill for that, but. Ultimately, judging results, and so far, it's two defeats for David. We were getting the message, certainly prior to the game on Sunday, that Everson, the powers that be, were very, very impressed by the way he'd introduced himself, by the way the players had responded to him, and the way the fans had bought into what he mm. was saying. Uh, I think they were desperate for him to get one or two wins together, which, again, throws the timing of the Ronald Koeman sacking into a little bit of dispute. You know, if they wanted to get shut of him, why not wait until those Chelsea and then Leon very, very difficult away games yeah. are out of the way? Then give the caretaker manager the benefit of a home match with the power of Goodison yeah. behind him to try and get off to a winning start. That hasn't happened. David Unsworth is now playing catch up. You know, he's having to try and you know sort of patch things together mm. and getting flack. You know, sort of in certain quarters for what was perceived as being you know a naive uh, setup at the weekend. You can call it naive. I prefer to think it was bold. He tried to, you know, be on the front foot, as he said. The players seem to have responded. You know, the ones he's picking certainly seem to have responded well to it. And he realised that it wasn't working. Changed the second half. Everton had was a seventy odd percent possession. Mm. Second half didn't create a great deal. That was largely down to the fact that they haven't got any strikers. That's I mean, my argument. No, Marnie Ass had a great chance, but a, mm. a striker with a better touch would have turned into a goal-scoring opportunity. If Lukaku's on the end of that, exactly. it's a goal. Exactly. And that is the, that, that's my argument, and so, so I can't emphasize it enough. No, that I, sense of I, I, I think David Unsworth shouldn't be castigated purely on the basis of one, you know, forty-five minutes yeah, worth yeah, of football. Totally. And you know, I would have no qualms about him taking charge. You know, certainly for longer than just two more games. You know, certainly for a couple of months or so, and just see how things go. But do you think? Now I don't want to. In, in my generation of watching Everton. The fans can be so, do you know what, not, not forgiven because I feel as if Unsworth, he wants to do well, the fans want to do well, the players want to do well. I just feel as if, if he weren't, if he were to go through a troubled spell after giving him, say, till Christmas, I feel that the fans will turn on him as quick as they'll turn on Ronald Koeman. Fans and I wouldn't want that because yeah. of what he's done for us. Now, he didn't have to take this job. Credit to him, he's come in, he's took it, he says all the right things. And I wouldn't want that. And the fans would the fans who would probably jump on his back would then criticise the football club for going small time and appointing fans, the fans, place. fans are fickle and our fans are the same as anybody else's. I remember David Moyes getting booed off after a, was it a home draw or defeat even by Tottenham uh, yeah, substitutes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. and then yeah. you know, that was one of the moon. <laughs> well, you know, years later, you know, he's the Messiah. You know, yeah. so his final game against West Ham, getting guards on and off the pitch. Yeah. You know, yeah. so fans change and results will dictate everything. If David Moyes, sorry, if David Moyes, if David Unsworth, oh, Freudian slip there. <laughs> don't, don't. Never for one second I suggest he What's his mind thinking? <laughs> No, I can assure you, I'm not thinking he's, that. He's been quiet on his phone before, yeah, you know, yeah. now we know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, if, uh, if David Unsworth gets the results on Thursday and then gets the massive you know, results on Sunday, you know, who knows, you know, so what kind of momentum that can generate. That wasn't meant to be quite as slick a link as that, but, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it takes us on to Thursday and the trip to Leon. And what does he do with his team selection there? Because for me, Watford is so, so important now that I don't think he can afford to take too many chances with his team selection. I think he's got to play 
a team that, you know, don't worry about what happens on Thursday night, worry about what happens on Sunday, rotate your squad so that you've got the players that you want to play on Sunday, you know, playing against Watford. You can there's rotate just, everything, yeah. Chris. There's, there's two schools of thought here, isn't it? Maybe if you, it's, for, Sunday is such a big game, you try and get that shape in the Leon game and almost like a, a practice run. I mean, you don't want to play it getting too tired, but almost try things out against Leon that you might do on Sunday, but then they go totally the other way. And just leave everyone out and leave them for, for Sunday, given that it is more or less a, a dead rubber. Well, it is effectively a dead rubber, but the players, the squad is so old now. Can you play Jagielka, Williams, Baines, you know, so on Thursday and then play them again on Sunday and expect them to be at the peak powers of, you know, effectiveness? Yeah. Well, I think my argument is that he can't afford to rotate it because he hasn't got the players to rotate it. Yeah. I've just had to look. Maybe he can rotate the goalie if he was to play Robles, but yeah. apart from that, yeah. Kenny's going to have to play right back because there's no other right back. Martina. Possibly. Yeah. Then Keane's injured, so he's going to have to play Jack Elkin and Williams. Yeah. No Mori back. And there's no left back. He could play Holgate, couldn't he? Holgate possibly. Possibly had a push. So yeah. basically, he's not got much move for manoeuvre there, has he? No, he Up front, yeah. he hasn't got a centre forward. Yeah. So he's only basically, right, yeah. he can only basically rotate the midfield. Yeah. And he could, he could throw that in the air and see how it lands. But yeah. as far as you're looking at the defence and centre forwards, He's got nothing to rotate that, as well. Yeah, that's the number of the matter, isn't it? Is that the lack of options at the back and the front of the team? Where you could probably rotate the midfield about four times and yeah. different players, yeah. you know. And that, that, that's the problem. But we're going to see. Yeah, I, yeah. I would imagine Sandro, David Klassen, you know, the people that have underwhelmed so far this season. You know, mm. we'll probably see them on Thursday, and you know, an opportunity for them to show maybe that they're better than we know we've seen so far. Would he play play any more of the under twenty threes? Was he risk? You know. Possibly, you know, obviously, he's, he's, clearly not, he's clearly not frightened to do that. I don't think Hannon's ready for first-team football yet, from what mm. I've seen of him. Having said that, Beningham, you know, absolutely yeah. took me by surprise. Mm. You know, he looked decent against Man City for the under-23s the previous Friday, was it? Yeah. yeah. But, oh, the, you know, the swagger and the assurance he showed mm. at Chelsea, and then again, you know, with that week, was just absolutely tremendous. So, no, he certainly wouldn't be, you know, scared of doing that. Maybe that's something he might have to look to do. Would you, if you were under it, Gav, how would you look at this and thinking... For his long-term prospects of the job, he's going to have to basically win it, isn't it? Because he's possibly not going to get it on the basis of three defeats and one win against Watford, is it? So he's going to be having to look at this and thinking, if I've got any aspirations of this job full-time, I'm going to have to beat Leon in their own backyard and then beat Watford at home. I don't know about that because it's a bit of a dead rubber, isn't it? You know, I think the problem... I wouldn't have a problem if he got beat at Leon. With a weekend team on Thursday and one on, on Sunday. I agree. And I, I, would, I wouldn't have yeah. a problem with that. Well, do you think, think the majority of Everton fans would say, I, I know that's I, your opinion. I think yeah. the way the football club is at the moment and everyone's on a negative and there's dark clouds over the club at the moment, isn't he? Do you think that would be the majority of the fans' choice? Would well, they take I, that? I don't know. I can't speak yeah. for the majority of fans. All I can say is we started off this conversation so I was having in the Premier League and surviving, and so therefore, like the priority then is winning against Watford, isn't it? Mm. You know, and that, that's that's the uh, that, that's the, you know that that's the, has to be the priority. There's no guarantee, even if we won on Thursday against Leon, that we qualify for the next round of the uh, the Europa League yeah. anyway. You know, um, so I think I think you know Klass and Sanzo come in Thursday. Agree what you're saying there, so about our options are that aren't that great, uh, but keep keep your main players, whoever they are at the moment, and that's one of the issues for for Sunday. Um, and I just take it from there, really. But the worst case, though, Gab, the worst case scenario is if he rotates this team drastically, and we get battered. 
Worst case scenario is straight straight rotate it and you get battered on Thursday and get beat on Sunday, isn't it? That's, that's, that's the worst case scenario. Worst, isn't it? And it's, you just seriously you do not know where to turn Rotating on Thursday does make a lot of difference if you win on Sunday. It's, it's forgotten about then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. To, to me, so many dubious decisions appear to have been taken this season. I mean, you're looking at the, the lack of available options for Thursday night <laughs> and you look at the players that, you know, might have been available. I'm thinking of Tyus Browning and Brendan Galloway, both yeah. on loan at Sunderland. All right, Sunderland are absolutely toiling, so yeah. you know, maybe yeah. we're not missing out. But the on seat yeah. you know, Kieran yeah. Dowell is flying in the Championship in Nottingham Forest, and, you know, Unzi tried him, like, you know, a couple of years yeah. ago. I accept that they needed to go out on loan and toughen up, you know, certainly Kieran Dowell. But was that allowed to happen too soon? Umar Nias wasn't included, you know, in the Europa League mm-hmm. squad. Uh, Luke Garbutt wasn't included yeah. in the Premier League, but he can't play in the Premier League before yeah. Christmas. So many decisions yeah. mm. that are just, you know, have you scratching your head and make you think, you know, what were they thinking yeah. in the summer? I, I think the Nias one is down because yeah. of the shape, the makeup of the, the Europa League squad's a bit complicated, isn't it? About how many yeah. you've got to have young players mm. in yeah, and yeah. sort yeah. of like players who come to the ranks and things like that. And when you look at it, there's not in that criteria, there wasn't a place for Nias. I know sounds daft, but that, that's the case. But it's really frustrating, but there's a wider conversation. You, you did something, Prano, didn't yesterday about why has it got, why has it got to this this sure, season? Yeah. And there's so many things, isn't it, that need to be put right, isn't it, at the club? But it's not going to happen with just one manager, happen. isn't it? Just coming in, it's yeah, you know. There's an interesting, there's an interesting perspective that Chris has written about, which is uh, going up on the site this evening uh, about the actual age range within the squad. And there's no players that you would call in the prime of their careers that are either babies that are learning the trade or veterans who are past the best. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it was the particular team that David picked on, David Unsworth picked on, on Sunday. Um, if we take 21 to 29, saying as a player's peak age, um, there are only two players in that bracket, goalkeeper Jordan Pickford, who's still relatively wet behind the ears for a yeah. goalkeeper, and Adrissa Gay, all the others were either plus 30 or 20 or under. Yeah. So I said, you compare that, it's got a piece we're bringing on later. If you compare that, say, to the all conquering team in 1985, all the players were in the peak of their powers, all in the prime. Yeah, yeah. We, I, we spoke I, about this with Leon, didn't yeah. we, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago? But it's, it's, it's just, sorry, sorry, it's just, it's just accentuated, hasn't it? Because, I mean, I first brought this up in the pod a couple yeah. of years ago, yeah, under yeah, Martinez, so. about you know, the, the players not being at the peak. You know, I, I call it 25 to 29. Okay, you yeah. know, like it depends yeah. what position yeah, you play yeah. and stuff like that, doesn't it? You know, but I, I call it 25 to 29. And um, I, I brought up this two years ago now. And like I said, like when we played the Derby at Anfield in uh, April, Liverpool had seven players, outfielders between 25 and 29. We had yeah. one. Right. You know, yeah. and so I support yeah. since then, it's got even worse, as you say, because yeah. the players two years ago have then. got older. And we're playing a lot more academy players, so yeah. it's like sort of like it's accentuated, Chris. Quite, quite yeah. right, as you say, even worse with it yeah. is an issue now. Carragher says on Monday Night Football yesterday, he says exactly the same thing. He said, What I'm watching now with this Everton team is that there's a lot of young players there that need help, they're not used to playing in this environment, and there's a lot of older players that are struggling badly. And the young players need help, they're not getting it from the experienced pros. Yeah. And the older experienced pros are struggling themselves, they're just looking after themselves. Yeah. So it's a vicious circle, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why you do that's why I think Gary Neville tore into Baines, Jack Elkin and Williams, didn't he? Tore, tore them to stead. He said they're too slow to finish. Yeah. He said they need shooting. He said what they're doing at this moment is scandalous. He said David Unsworth didn't set them out to play a high line against Jamie Vardy and Maris. He said what they're doing now is scandalous. And that's where he made a point about the age gap. He said, the young players 
needs help and they're not getting them from the experienced players. Yeah, Leon, I think Leon made the point penalty, didn't he? That, like, um, call him Leon because he's been in the hockey. He said that also as well. It, it's also creates like a funny situation in the dressing room where, like, the, yeah. the band of players, as you say, Chris, Chris said quite rightly, 85, they're all the same age, so they all mixed together and yeah, all, like, all got a lot of common yeah. ground and this type of thing. So, yeah, I say the banter was probably yeah, yeah. everybody, but when you've got, like, as Chris saying there, a lot of like 21 year olds yeah. and less, and 29, 30 years above, there's not two completely different age groups, aren't they? No, nah, that's good. I mean, what, what worried me at the yeah. weekend was one little moment uh, where the camera panned into the Everton dugout. And you saw Morgan Schneiderlin and Gilpie Sigurdsson talking to each other, the hands over the mouths. Winds me up there. And, you know, Winds okay, it could have just been, you know, so isn't it a bit chilly, Sazir? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, why put your hands in your mouth? It just makes you think that there's possible divisions. You know, yeah. clearly they're upset because they're not being selected. Yeah. And, you know, there's kids like Benny Benningham getting, you know, a run out before them. Yeah. But equally, it makes you think yeah. that there are camps and, you know, divisions yeah. starting to show in the squad. And that's not good for the long term. And they would be two of those players supposedly in the peak of their powers as well. Yeah. They're not in the team because they've not been doing the business. Well, I was fighting about that, sorry, Gav, that the subs, just use, um, the subs bench is worth more than the actual team on the pitch <laughs> in transfer Something's fees. gone wrong with us when that, that's that, that, I was bad. Like, I think one, they went one player, outfield player, against Leicester in the starting lineup that cost Everton over £10 million. Yeah. Where he's on the bench, there was Schneiderland, there was Luckman, there was Sigurdsson. Yeah. The list yeah. just went on and on and on. Even Jesus. So, I, so, I know I don't want to preach about peace, Chris, over there. There's no short term fix for that, is there? No. <laughs> the only fix you got that is he's bringing in new players, isn't it? So yeah. they are play- it was the particular lineup that was picked. There are players, obviously, within that bracket, but as we've just said, they've not been performing. The biggest yeah. two we just mentioned them Sigurdsson and um, Schneiderland. Both on the bench, yeah. so there are players within that bracket, but it's up to those players, certainly if we're talking, okay, short term rather than new signings, to start doing the business on the pitch. All right, talking about older players, you know, being savage at the back, uh, can we talk about one a little bit further forward and the impact he's having that? Wayne Rooney, top scorer this season, five goals, played a gorgeous ball through at the weekend, yeah. uh, you know, should have had a penalty, uh, also for the Aaron Lennon cross, and then, you know, he, he, he was influential, but I've seen quite a bit of criticism on social media as well. Of uh, he's doing far too much of his work deep in the pitch. He's dropping deep because yeah. his pace won't allow him to play up top. Ronald Koeman claims he could play as a number nine. Clearly, he can't. Mm. Um, is, is, is he just a victim of circumstance at the moment? You know, he, he's got to play there because there's nowhere else. Or I think he's an easy target because yeah. he's just basically Wayne Rooney. Yeah, I, that's what I do. I think he's shown more passion and desire and willingness to win for that Everton cause than anyone else this yeah, season. Yeah, that substitution was a humane substitution oh, at the weekend. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I just yeah. couldn't. Yeah. I just, and you've seen for the second goal, the, sorry, the Vardy goal, he must have ran past about five or six Everton players to try and close that left-back situation down. Baines was up the pitch and Rooney legs it back and it was Baines's poor free kick, uh, free kick in the first Stop, place yeah. with Costas. And he was will, and he's trying. He's our top scorer. He's covered more miles than any other Everton player yeah. this season, which probably yeah. isn't hard considering. Like, yeah. but it just shows you the, the lad's desire, and I, I can't for the life of me think of what he deserves to get yeah. this well, criticism. I, I just seriously, I, if he does a couple of misplaced passes, so loads of players well, are doing it. Him alone, I think he. But well, we need more than desire, and that, that's the point, isn't it? I mean, goals, don't want to go over, go over like whether we should decide or not for that. But Wayne Rooney signed for us, it only worked if he was the cherry on the cake, not the cake, you know what I mean? And yeah. the problem is, the cake ain't here yeah. at the moment, mm. is it, you know? Yeah. And that, that's the issue for me. Take everything what you're saying, so... But it, it's been... 
it's been accentuated because everybody else is playing so poorly. That's if everybody else was playing well, then you wouldn't really be commenting on yeah. Wayne. That's my argument. You know? He's probably performed better than any of that Everton played this season. I, I still, I mean, I, I'm going. To, I still don't think we should decide him, but I do think that in the current team, he is showing what you're saying that that actually is. Like, I'd make him the captain, mate. I would. Sure. I'd, I'd take it off Jack. But the problem is, the problem is with him is, and that and Swan Ball and Alan Ball's last eighteen months, eleven. But it's not working, and also ruining it, Man United. When it's not working on one part of the pitch, the natural thing is just to go to another part of the pitch yeah. and try it there. And that's what Wayne's doing at the yeah. moment. Mm. He's probably trying a little bit too hard. Yeah. You'd be better off yeah. just Cuban saying, just stay oh, Cuban. <laughs> Cuban <laughs> should have said to him, sorry. Yeah. You know, just stay in that area of the pitch, Wayne. Yeah. I don't want you picking the ball off the, yeah. off the left back. On. I just want you to stay. But doesn't that, that go to show that there's not there's not many players that have got the bottle in times like this when you're yeah, struggling with confidence to go and get the ball in your own half like that? I don't think he, I don't think he should be doing that anyway, regardless of whether it's a confidence or not. He should be saying preserve your fitness and just stay in a certain area of the pitch and use your undoubted skill there because he's put a couple of great balls through on. He's still he's still got it, hasn't he? Yeah, he's still got it. The problem is at the moment is he's not he's not operating effectively enough in the areas that yeah. where he should be he should be doing it. And that's probably because how slow and the lack of confidence yeah. the other players have got. Their poor performances. Yeah, as I say, he should be the cherry on the cake, not mm. the cake. And yeah. the problem is he's he's, the, he's trying to be the cake at the moment. I tell you what, another player who's still got it who had me, but he's squirming in my armchair on Saturday night watching match of the day. Gareth Barry, yeah. two great balls through yeah. into the uh, city box yeah. to create goals, and you know still performing very very well for. West Bromwich Albion, and I get Ronald Koeman allowed him to leave because he wanted to play week in, week out, and he couldn't guarantee him that. He would probably have only played Europa League, stroke Carabao Cup football, but that's another mistake. You know, so letting a player mm. of that quality leave yeah. the club in a season where we're going to have, you know, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday yeah. football. Well, he should have said, give us till January, Gareth, and then you can go there. Do you think when, when he was sold, Dave, there weren't many Evertonians? Up in arms about it was the well, no, hindsight a great because we just signed eight players and everyone yeah. thought that you know the, the future was bright and we didn't actually realise. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, and you know, hold my hand up. I clearly didn't foresee this yeah, coming. No. Um, you know, no, the lack, wanted, of, no, the lack, the lack of a centre forward was a problem. But we'd been led to believe that Wayne Rooney could still play number nine. We didn't know what we were going to see from Sandra. We thought the guy had scored fourteen La Liga goals yeah, last season yeah. was going to hit the ground running. And, you know, clearly it's a very, very difficult uh, acclimatisation period for him. Davy Klassen, we weren't quite sure what to expect from him. And, you know, just the, the people that have been brought in have underwhelmed. Gilfie Sigurdsson, 45 million quid, you know, and we're seeing one wonder goal you know, on his debut virtually and not, nothing else since. I think the damning thing is as well as that we've got we've had two players score in the Premier League this season. One of them's in the ass. Yeah. And the three is sub, isn't it, in the ass? Three, three for the ass, five yeah. for Rooney. There's one he nearly missed, didn't he? <laughs> 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 but a couple of things on Barry is, you know, we were talking about when Rooney was saying about having a winning mentality around the club. Yeah. He's won the Premier League, hasn't he? Yeah. He wonder about his influence mm. on, on the club as a whole because of his experience. Another thing is, it reminds me a little bit of Joe selling Barry Horn and then trying to buy him back just oh, before he, gosh, uh, yeah. just before yeah. he got sacked doesn't he like you know N- nice little funny story yeah, about yeah, that because yeah. Barry had actually been told he was coming back to Everton yeah. and uh, he was at Birmingham City Trevor Francis was the manager and Barry hated him didn't get on with him at all so he went and he actually told Trevor Francis in no uncertain terms what he thought of his management style and what he could do with his uh, do with his yeah. job and then learned that Joe had quit <laughs> 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 so, yeah. poor old Barry <laughs> uh, just, just hoping that yeah, that Gareth Barry's like you know best yeah. of with reviews at the moment. But so, what, what do you think? That's like, Christian. Do we miss Barry then? Well, 
I think not just on the pitch. Well, we've talked about that dressing room dynamic as well with, with, yeah. with the players. I think they're probably missing him off the pitch as, as well. Which is just that huge um, Premier League experience that he's got. He's been there. He's, he's, he's done a lot. And I think both on and off the pitch, he, he's, like we said, in hindsight, a great thing, uh, proven to be real. A real big miss for Everton. Just that, that steadying influence where some of the other senior pros aren't leading by example. I'm yeah. sure that'd be something yeah. that Gareth would do. Just going back remember. to the manager situation, Chris, do mm-hmm. you see Everton getting that manager in after the international break or before? Um, I don't think they've been getting anyone in bef- beforehand. I think mm. um, David Unsworth will have it for the next two games, I would imagine. But... Um, if results don't go favourably for months um, within that period, I'd, I'd imagine an appointment during the break. I think he'll have it for two games. And I think, you know, if he does well in those next two games, he might even have it a little bit longer. Mm. Um, it just, it's such an important decision, this one, that the club has to try and get it right. You know, the, I can't say I'm absolutely thrilled by the vast majority of the names that are being put yeah. forward. Everyone's got a bit of a doubt about them, Carlo Ancelotti apart, and he said that he's not going to be going anywhere until next summer. Yeah. So, which again goes back to your point about a short-term yeah, appointment. Yeah. Um, Why should we? Did I say it? Why should we trust the people to get this next manager correct when they clearly failed when Ronald Koeman? Yeah, let's, let's just throw this one into the mix as well. This is a name that hasn't been mentioned. I know you're going to like, you know, <laughs> your head's going to explode here, um, but. You know, everyone's talking about Sean Dyche. I know what he's going to well, say. Yeah. Is this another bearded manager? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to say, well, actually, I made this uh, point to Bill Kenwright before Roberto Martinez was given the Everton job. And his reaction, let's just say that it was never, ever going to happen. And it's never going to happen now. It's a waste of mind, but, but for me, Rafael Benitez is a proven Premier League manager who's done it at so many clubs. He yeah. would have taken the Everson job in 2013 before Martinez. I, I, you know, I spoke to you know, his people, yeah, linking with it by all means, you know, so he would take that job. Uh, he took Chelsea, who were like almost as you know, sort of hated by Liverpool fans then as, uh, as we were. I don't, think, I, I don't think he would now. And as a result, I think Everton have missed the boat because uh, I just think he's a proven quality operator who's you know, turning a, a very, very ordinary squad at Newcastle. Into uh, into something half decent. It's gone now. Uh, but you know. Can I ask why is he at Newcastle now then? If he's just so good with the manager. Because he has this wonderful innate knack of upsetting boardrooms <laughs> for the good of his football team. You know, but he falls out. You know, sort yeah. of with boardrooms left, right, and centre. But he started at Valencia when what was it? He wanted a, a lamp shade or something, and they bought me an armchair. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, that doesn't you know underestimate how good he is as a coach. But it's devil's advocate. Did he, did he do well at Napoli and, last time? Did he? Oh gosh! After Chelsea, he's won trophies at most places he's been. Um, I just think, it, oh, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't have it. Um, I'd have been no, I understand. I understand why, yeah, but you know, I, I'd take him. I'd have Benitez at top of that. And I said you that when we had this discussion, mm. we, we discussed Benitez on the pod, didn't we? When they got rid of uh, Martinez, Football's just and so you went a bit. You went a bit. Defensive. I know. I know a, a good mate of mine when I mentioned this to yeah. him, and uh, you know, you think your head's fallen off. Uh, he says, "Where do you draw the line, Emily Hughes?" <laughs> uh, and I said, "Well, of course you draw the line there." Where do you draw the line when you get in Liverpool cast-offs? Are we that desperate to get a Newcastle United manager? Previously managed by a Liverpool football club, who's so and do you know what? He's not just like a a Brendan Rodgers type of manager who's come in and done well. He was so he was Liverpool FC, but he says the fans loved him, idolised, etc. Because he was successful. 
because he won the Champions League, because he won the FA Cup, because he got them into another Champions League final, you know, because he, yeah. he worked wonders. You know? It's interesting how nobody's ever crossed the divide. I mean, George Graham, Tottenham and Arsenal, Birmingham and Villa, Alex Bruce and McLeish, I think they're ever back than that. They've had Ron Saunders did yeah. all three, didn't he? So they've had a long time. stories in 77, I think he was interested in the Everton job, wasn't it? When, uh, really, yeah. When, when he sacked uh, Billy Bingham. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. Matt Busby was ex-Man City player. Mark Hughes was ex-Man United managed City. Yeah. It's something we've never we've never had here. Yeah, it's um, funny isn't it because even like I keep talking, it like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about. Remember when like Hume was coming from Southampton? Sammy Lee was on the coaching staff, wasn't he? Then yeah. there was like Rumblands sit on yeah. certain people on the pod. Sammy Lee's worked with Big Sam as well. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, seriously, where would you stop? Because that's interesting. If I if I was to ask the majority of fellas, like the likes of yourself, your generation, yeah. and spoke about Benitez, they go, "Well, what for that?" Now, if you were to ask the generation, they go, "No," and they cross your down straight away. It's called maturity, Tom. That's what it is. <laughs> maturity and common sense. Man's frustration you know, watching Evan for twenty odd years, Gavin. I haven't seen nothing. What, That's yeah. the difference. That's yeah. the difference. But do you know what? If it was to ask you one name right now, realistically, who would you have for the Everton manager job? Um, who would you go for? On the basis, I would say to Big Sam. Is, but here we are. We're only going to guarantee a, a, a eight month contract, whatever, to the end of the season. Uh, we're not necessarily going to give you that much money because um, the players that we wanted, the top six, not necessarily the players needed for the relegation fight. Do the bizzo for us and we'll talk to you again in the summer. Chris, yeah. you're Moshi, yeah. you your yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that the, um, the timing is bad. If you remember before Cooman, you were talking about Unai Emery, the calibre yeah. of manager yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. It's actually the first time since they got rid of Mike Walker that they've got rid of a manager first half of a season. So it's all who, about who's out there. And Liverpool were lucky because Jurgen Klopp was out of work at that time. So given all of that preamble I've, I've just put in now, I would say given that the candidates that we're, we're hearing about, I would go with Sean Dyche. Would you, yeah? Yeah. Um, like long term? Yeah, long I would term, give him yeah. the, I would give yeah, him the yeah. long term. I suppose when you... Coming in, we've talked about David Moyes coming in from Preston. It's it's a lesser job. Howard Kendall, he was even younger, came in from Blackburn, Blackburn yeah. Rovers. Mm-hmm. It's all about relative success. And okay, okay, it is a big gamble. Burnley's expectation is much lower than Everton, but also the sort of resources there are much lower than Everton. Oh, you go next, so I'll go with. But he says silver, possibly because obviously what he brings, everything else. He's... Do you know what? If you look at it. Ideally, you'd love a bit of everything of the last three previous managers of Everton, wouldn't you? Like the big name of Koeman, yeah. Martinez's attack and flair, yeah, and Moise's astuteness in the transfer market, and yeah. the aggressive and the passion, everything else. Yeah. Ideally, if you put them three together, that's what he wants, isn't it? And possibly, I'd go with Silva, I think, because he knows the league. He's a young up-and-coming manager, plays good football, he's getting good results. Yeah, I'd go with him. Right, uh, I'm not against Marco Silva. You know, there's a few downsides, but you could have lots of positives. Uh, I've already, you know, nailed my colours. If he was available and if he would come, which he won't now, I would take Rafa all day long. So, bearing in mind that that's not going to happen, I still think that Eddie Howe is being unfairly overlooked. I just think it's all about timing. Because Sean Dyche has started the season well, he's flavour of the month. Because Eddie Howe hasn't started the season well, but the last four seasons uh, he's made wonderful progress with Bournemouth. And uh, I would stick with him, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. Anyway, that wraps it all up. Uh, we're going to, fingers crossed, you know, see what happens in Leon on Thursday night. Uh, we'll be back with you before the game at the weekend to talk about uh, what we expect from uh, from Watford. 
and um, you know, hopefully reflect on you know what might have happened positively in France on Thursday evening. We'll speak to you then.